Beloved Church of God, beginning our service before God, let us stand and affirm the promise that relates to the door of our hope. Let the resurrection of Christ reign in our bodies. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we are grateful to your holy name for this privilege to be in this place that your hand has outlined for the worship of your holy name. And so allow your inheritance in the name of the covenant of blood to be lifted to unreachable heights to us and to break all evil and sin that binds us. May in this service be cursed, as before, all the works of devil, illnesses, poverty, premature death, demonic dependencies, all forms of fears, depression, destruction, covetousness, ignorance, all of this. Let it depart from the tents of your holy nation. And stand, Lord, in the place of your rest, you and the ark of your greatness and may your saints be clothed in your salvation and may they rejoice before your countenance give us more from your spirit fill us with your holy spirit and allow us to find your holy countenance may this service be presented into your divine arms guide it with your uplifted hand almighty god father son and holy spirit amen may the lord bless you you may be seated the book of matthew 5 45 and 48 that you may be sons of your father in heaven for he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. Therefore you shall be perfect, just as your Father in heaven is perfect. The sermon that I would like to continue is called Called to Perfection. We already know well that this is a great commandment, that is the inheritance of the saints of all times, and the commandment is, is addressed by Christ strictly to his students. Therefore, people who do not acknowledge over themselves the authority of a person that is sent by God have never had any part to the inheritance that is contained in this commandment, and it is doubtful that they will ever be able to. When it's talking about the fact that they don't acknowledge, that means that they don't, they don't acknowledge the word that is spoken by this person being inspired by the Holy Spirit. They don't acknowledge what is being inspired by the Holy Spirit. They think that he's speaking, being inspired by their own, he's, he's speaking, being inspired by his own mind. And so they're inclined not to accept what he says because they have their own opinion, their own way of seeing, which they uh, count as their own God. They don't say it's their God, but when they don't acknowledge the words of God's messengers in this way, they place themselves in that position. As it relates to fulfilling this commanding order to be vigilant over the word of God within our heart, as God is vigilant over his spoken word within the temple of our body, we stop to study the following question. What specific goals does the righteousness of God pursue that we are collaborating with within our heart. And so God's righteousness is the perfection of God that we are 
called to, and in part we have been studying the purpose of the righteousness of God within our heart, the perfection that we are called to received by us in the two broken tablets of the covenant, where we in the death of the Lord Jesus died by the law for the law, so that we in new tablets of the covenant symbolizing the resurrection of Christ can receive justification so that we can live for the one that died for us and resurrected, so that in this way we obtain confirmation of our salvation in the new tablets of the covenant, symbolizing the resurrection of Christ, so that we can provide God with the proper foundation to give us the promise to be heirs of peace, not by the past law, but by the righteousness of faith, like how he gave this promise to Abraham or his seed. That is, to Christ, because the seed the seed of Abraham, the descendant of Abraham, is Jesus Christ. It was talking about Christ. We have the blessing of Abraham or access to the blessing of Abraham through Jesus Christ. And not just us, but also the nation of Israel has access to the blessings of Abraham only through Jesus Christ. Moses said, the prophet will come from among you, he'll come from your midst, and all who do not obey the words of this prophet will be removed from this nation. Apostle Peter said, there is no other name under heaven. Speaking to the Jews, there's no other name under heaven with which we are to be saved. And so, in this way, he told them, don't trust in Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That is, you can't be saved through them. You can be saved through Jesus Christ. And in Jesus Christ, you can inherit the promise, the blessings that were given to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And so, not Abraham, not Isaac, or Jacob can become or, or be placed above Christ. They themselves acknowledge Christ, and Abraham, according to the words of Christ, Abraham saw the day of Christ and rejoiced. He searched for a long time for Christ. He was searching for the city where Christ will be on the throne. He was seeking the builder, the perfecter of this place, which was Jesus. He was seeking the church of Jesus Christ. He received a revelation. If he would not have received it, he would not be seeking it. He, know, he knew he can, he can receive the Messiah in that city because the Messiah in the city will be a king and a priest. And Jesus said, and he found it. Abraham found it. And if you were the children of Abraham, he spoke to the Jews, you would be doing the works that he did, but you are children of your father, the devil. You see what he said to the religious elite of the Israelite nation of the time, that they come from the devil and not from Abraham. Of course, this made them very angry inside. They wanted to kill him, <clears throat> but the time had not yet come when the time came. He himself gave himself up to be crucified, not for those who crucified him, but for those who accepted him into their heart as their Lord and their master because only it, their sins did he take upon himself. And so, the covenant of peace in the heart of a warrior in prayer is the result of the obedience of his faith to the faith of God that is spoken by his delegated ones. God's faith is information that comes from the preached word of truth. Faith is from hearing. Our faith is obedience to the faith of God that is the word that 
God has given has trusted to His messengers. And so when we understand these things, that God's faith is the general, the words spoken by His generals, by His messengers his, his on earth, then our faith is the strict and voluntary obedience of this word. And so by what signs do we examine ourselves as to whether the peace of God rules within our heart, which identifies us as the sons of God and as the most holy of the Lord? We become the most holy of the Lord because in our heart the peace of God is ruling, that we have made a covenant of peace with Him. To examine your heart as to whether the peace of God is, God is governing in it is possible by the ability to be a peacemaker, which characterizes us as the sons of God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Matthew 5.9 It's not possible to be a peacemaker if inside you don't have a stronghold of peace. There's no way when you will have a stronghold of peace within then jealousy, a suspicion, all of this will disappear as smoke. There won't be a sign of it left because God's love is enthroned in this way. And then people will be able to have the proper relationship with God that they need to have and with people. Six signs by which we need to judge of our belonging to the sons of peace have already been the subjects of our study and we stop to study the seventh sign. This is our ability to clothe our essence into the holy or the selective love of God. There are in the Greek language <clears throat> different forms of or words for different forms of love. Philia, Storgi, and Eris. These three forms of human love. <clears throat> Philio is the love of friendship. Storgi is a familial love. And Eris is, of course, the love between a, a man and a woman. But God's love, agape, is above all these three other forms. Why? Because these three other forms of human love, in essence, are egotistical and they're uh, greedy. And so they always say, <clears throat> well, you're required, you have to, you're my brother, you're my sister, so it's not important how I behave, you need to still stand on my side. God's love agape is not like that. It does not defend the sinner in his sins if he doesn't repent. If a, a sinner repents, it defends him, it protects him. But if he doesn't repent, it goes against him, and it's not important who you are whether you are uh, the, ch the children of uh, the priest Aaron, if you're Adam, if you are the angel that turned into Lucifer, it, it, God does not give place to sin. And so this is the type of love we need to put on. But above all these things, but above all these things, above all requirements that we have, you need to put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which you also were called in one body, and be thankful. Colossians 3, 14, 15. In other words, God's peace rules in the heart of man when his heart is clothed into God's love. But how do you clothe yourself into God's love? How do you clothe yourself into God's love? This is not an emotional experience. 
We have three forms of love. They're emotional. Today you have those emotions, tomorrow you don't, and they disappear, and you do whatever you want. But God's love is not uh, founded upon emotion. It is upon the discipline of God's word that comes from his mouth. God is dependent upon his word that he, that he speaks. He is a servant of his word. And when this speaks of the fact that he is love, because he is vigilant over his word that he has magnified above all his names where in the temple of our body his love is directed toward what toward his children in the temple within inside he wants that the kingdom of heaven be formed and it's in vain that people deceive the people of the world that God has loved the whole world God has never loved the whole world or anything in it. He loved everyone who believes in this world, that everyone who believes in this world not perish but have everlasting life. That is the original of what is written. Jesus gave himself for his church so she can be redeemed from sin, from death, wash her with waters by the word so that she can be without blemish before him in love. And so all the places of scripture speak the opposite of what they interpret. God's love is not tolerant. He loves his children. And those people who call themselves children of God but don't fulfill God's commandments, they don't love God. Because God's love for God is not in emotion but in action, in in obedience. And when you fulfill God's commands, then sometimes you need to overcome sorrow, uh, difficult times, and our emotions may be at a, at a zero. Imagine how Christ demonstrated his love to God upon the cross, Golgotha cross, dying and suffering, the kind that we cannot even imagine. How can his emotions at this time love those who were killing him? But he was saying, forgive them, they know not what they do. Those who knew what they're doing, he did not forgive those. Those who were killing him as the Messiah, the Pharisees, the the, the scribes, they knew that they they knew that he's the Messiah. They perfectly knew who he was. Why did they kill him? They understood that because he came, there will be a change in the priesthood. Instead of Aaron, he will become the eternal priest by the order of Melchizedek. And now they will not be the privileged elite within the nation, as it were. Now all will be priests. Because the goal of God from the beginning was that all will become his priests instead of just the sons of Aaron. He said, you will be a holy nation, a holy priesthood. But they said, no, no, to Moses, go tell your God that we don't want to be priests. Why? Because it's we're afraid. To be a priest, you need to be in accordance to God's requirements as a priest, but they didn't want that. They had upon their shoulders idols. They had many things that... And so they told Moses, you speak to God and you pass on to us and we will listen. You be the priest for us. And God said, okay. And then he took and made the tribe of the Levites priests. But the goal of God was that everyone be a priest. And finally, in the New Testament, God made all of us priests. You are a holy nation, a special people. 
the royal priesthood of God. Not just priests, but those that rule also, upon the condition that we are a member of the good wife that has the virtue of a narrow gate, that we truly are a partaker of Zion. And so let us remember that in Scripture, the holy or selective love of God, agape, which separates what's unholy from holy, pure from impure, uh, good and evil, it has that ability to, to separate, to discern, the dif- uh, decide the difference. It is patient. It knows what to do and when, and you can't deceive her. And so the selective love of God, agape, is presented in Scripture by the Holy Spirit in the light of seven unchanging virtues or components by the preached word of the apostles and prophets that in essence are the unchanging virtues of the qualities of God. And so these qualities are the qualities of the heart of the Heavenly Father, virtue, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness, and love. Second Peter 2, 1-2-8. And so here we see presented the heart of the Father, the perfection of the Father, and when it says be perfect, perfect as your Heavenly Father is perfect, then that means that we have these inner qualities, and then our lips will reflect what we are inside. And it won't be that our lips will be constantly deceiving people and ourselves. For the most part, as philosophers and psychologists state, the words of a person are something they are trying to cover up uh, who they truly are. It's unfortunate when the children of God are trying to hide who they are inside and are trying to make of themselves, uh, clothe themselves into pseudo-godliness that they have denied uh, because they did not submit their mind, subject their mind to the uh, to the mind of Christ. They have not done so. And they continue to remain with their opinions, their own way of thinking, and Political opinions for them are sometimes more important than God's words. In a specific format of the seven given characteristics of virtue that united identify the goodness of God within our heart, we have already studied five characteristics and have been studying the sixth. This is the calling to demonstrate the love of God agape in brotherly love. And so practically we are showing within godliness our brotherly love. Brotherly love is godliness. We are showing or demonstrating this godliness in brotherly love. And so having this great and noble component in demonstrating brotherly love in our faith, it moves us from the state of eternal death into the state of eternal life. We know, again, I say here, I always like to note in this place of scripture that we know we don't feel, we have information, so we know that we have passed from death to life, because we love the brethren. He who does not love his brother abides in death, whoever hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. 1 John 3, 14, 15. And so one who hates his brother is one who is jealous of his brother, his sister, his relative. Look at what's going on in this world. The same thing happens in churches, in churches where 
there is not a structure of theocracy where the teaching of casting off the old man from yourself with his deeds is not taught. Casting off our old man, we destroyed the root system of jealousy because in a family, a sister is jealous of his, of her sister, a brother jealous of his other his brother and his other brother, and all of this is covered up and it happens in the church the same way and is covered up in pseudo godliness. But when you are casting off your old man with his deeds, when you die for your whims, for your political considerations, for your ambitions, religious ambitions, our soul is then reformed or in a new form. It becomes a, it becomes a servant that voluntarily obeys the spirit, and the spirit tells her what to do in the body, how to adopt the body. Relevant to this, as with the previous components of the virtue of God, in His unique for us goodness that we are called to demonstrate in our faith in the seven characteristics of virtue, it is necessary for us to answer four classical questions. What do the scriptures say about the power of brotherly love, which we are called to demonstrate in our faith? Brotherly love that comes from godliness. We are demonstrating in godliness our brotherly love. What purpose is the power of brotherly love called to fulfill, which we are called to demonstrate in our faith and godliness? Third question, what conditions do we need to fulfill so that we can receive power to demonstrate brotherly love in our faith? In a specific format, we already looked at these first three questions and have been studying question four. By what signs can we examine ourselves as to whether we are demonstrating brotherly love in our faith? and not some kind of counterfeit form of it or some kind of falsified version of it. We have already studied the first five signs by which we can judge that we are demonstrating the power of brotherly love in our faith and stop to study the unique sixth sign, and this is our ability to be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to God. Philippians 4, 5 through 7. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. In other words, gentleness to be known to all men, you can rephrase it like this, and let your light so shine before men so that those who see can see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Until a person uh, possesses a gentle uh, tongue, which is a result of his gentle heart, he will not be able to be a light. He will just simply be uh, he simply will be burning incense but to the wrong ones he will and so people don't understand that if they have not cast off of themselves their old man have not renewed their mind and have not began to call the proclaim the non-existent stronghold within themselves as existent they can't be uh, a part of the sons of light and time is running away and if they don't come out of the state of infancy that is uh, tossed to and from by every uh, trickery of men in their cr- cunning craftiness these uh, false teachers then their names will be forever blotted out of the book of life because further the apostle says the Lord is at hand we need to possess this gentleness we need to demonstrate gentleness and it needs to be known to all whom we come in contact with, 
we need to remember that gentleness is a discipline of our tongue by the truth that is in our heart. And so when we speak, we discipline our tongue and we speak what Jesus would have said at this very time. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, do be, don't be anxious for about those promises that you have in the heart, but with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Thank God that they are already in you, these promises upon your account, and ask God that He fulfill what is already in your heart, that's already upon your account. Uh, ask with thanksgiving because you already have it. And then the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And so when we are in Christ Jesus, as we talked about, there birds don't fly. We're talking about thoughts, uh, corrupt thoughts. They can't be there. Until a person is placed into Jesus Christ, of course, thoughts will be over his head, these birds, and he needs to constantly control these thoughts and and uh, so th- uh, and watch that they not weave a nest on his head. God showed us Abraham in this position when the birds were flying over the offering he had brought, if you remember. And at this time, Abraham was not yet placed into Jesus Christ. And so these birds were trying to... Uh, take his offering, destroy his offering uh, that he had brought to God. But Abraham, he kept watch and he pushed them away and this was correct. When God sees this, then he makes a covenant of peace after this offering because in this offering, Abraham was bringing himself as an offering. He was dying in the Lord of the, uh, in the death of the Lord Jesus Christ and After this, God made a covenant with him. We've noted that in the given place of Scripture, the character of the fruit of the Spirit in the quality of gentleness by the means of which we are called to discipline our tongue by the truth that is concealed within our heart. And so the truth, that means the the actual, uh, in original form, truth. It's rarely that you'll find a church where the undamaged truth would be te- taught. When one preacher comes out, a second, a third, and they they don't have one spirit, they're all speaking different things. <clears throat> if it was the Holy Spirit, he would have one theme and it would happen uh, and all would be speaking in the same way. And so uh, they... Uh, when some began to realize these things, they would just have uh, certain services and they would all, they were instructed to all uh, preach on the same theme or the same subject and so all would prepare and speak of one thing. And I ended up here uh, during a a wedding. Uh, They asked me to uh, officiate the wedding and I had and I then when I showed up to that church I realized that I wasn't the only one there would be seven others who would be officiating with me and all of them all the people that were going to take part needed to uh, give a small sermon and so each one of those pastors that were called to uh, officiate it with me 
And so he, uh, the, one of the pastors was complaining and saying, well, how is it one will speak on this, the others won't have anything to say after one is done. But I told him, you can sp- speak of one place uh, for eternity, literally, and there's still and so I already came there with uh, my sermon prepared and I didn't change my sermon God gave me the ability to move it from uh, one situation into a different and so as this was a a wedding I I then brought forth the, the story of Esther and how the king had uh, prepared a great banquet uh, that was what we talked about there and so when the Holy Spirit then all will preach on the same theme but we came to the point that when the Holy Spirit gives the next sir, preacher can take uh, of what has been said and there are a lot of different areas that the next one can take and, and talk about further or expand on and so the word does not belong the word doesn't belong to me exclusively it belongs to me as much as you it is God's revelation and so the ability of a gentle or meek person to not be anxious about anything when it comes to his well-being on earth is contrary to the anxieties of a man who is not able to discipline the desires of the flesh because he does not have truth in his heart and as he does not have truth in his heart he is not able to discipline his tongue he does not have gentleness the truth in the heart is in gentleness because God has a gentle mouth the heavenly father disciplines himself with the word that comes out of his mouth he he becomes the servant of his word Jesus seeing how his father disciplines himself with his words that come out of his mouth he behaves within the boundaries of that word he does the same thing he disciplines himself with the words that come from the mouth of the father the Holy Spirit seeing this does the very same thing he disciplines himself with the words that come out of the mouth of Christ Christ said he will come and he will teach and remind you of all that I had taught you and told you he won't speak of himself he'll speak he'll take from me and pass on to you what the father will give me as it says a wholesome tongue is a tree of life but perverseness in it breaks the spirit Proverbs 15 4 and so a wholesome tongue a gentle tongue this is perfection that the Father has called us to. This is that perfection. When we are no longer dependent on our nation, the house of our Father, and our corrupt desires, but we are performing God's justice, a wholesome tongue, a, a gentle tongue performs God's justice. But perverseness in it breaks the spirit, and so breaking of the spirit is death. I will remove its uh, the lamp from its place if you if you remember that place you need to grow uh, and learn all these things anxiety leading to the breaking of the born from God spirit of man are bonds where a person is bound with various forms of phobias of non-existent fear because he has not grown the fruit of righteousness in his heart in gentleness with which he is called to discipline his mouth by which he can judge then that he is demonstrating the power of brotherly love in his faith that you truly have godliness 
from where this power brother love comes. Second, anxiety that a person is bound by is a result of his ignorance, which is identical to something occult that is contrary to the liberty of Christ, called to deliver us from the slavery of sin in order to make us servants of righteousness capable of disciplining our mouth by the truth that is concealed within our heart. That we are watching over, that we rejoice uh, about, and that we don't allow anyone to enter and change. Third, such anxiety indicates bad soil in the human heart, which he refuses to clean from dead works, so he can receive and grow within the good soil of his heart the fruit of gentleness in the form of the tree of life. This can clearly be seen when you compare the meaning that is contained in these two words, which are contrary to one another, contrary in character and in origin. Let us remember that preoccupation or cares in this case demonstrated in anxiety is disobedience to the words of the person that is placed by God. This is unbelief disobeying the faith of God, an undisciplined tongue by the bonds of gentleness. This is something occult, a hard heart, a net of the evil one that a person has caught himself. This is the path to death. This is what... uh, cares and anxiety and where it says be anxious for nothing gentleness that reveals itself in a disciplined tongue is the tree of life that is grown in the soil of a good heart this is the obedience of our faith to the faith of God this is wisdom, strength firmness and power of the spirit, trust upon God in mercy and compassion for your neighbor the nets of the kingdom of heaven that we have caught ourselves into, counting ourselves dead to sin, living for God, proclaiming that not non-existent stronghold of incorruption in our body as existent. Anxiety in demonstrating disobedience to the order contained in the body of Christ, this is uh, disobedience that's uh, to the order contained in the body of Christ, mem- it members a person to the category of lawless men who resist the truth of the preached word and try to clothe the works of the flesh into garments of an outward appearance of godliness. At the same time, the gentleness of the heart, which makes itself known in a gentle or meek mouth, is an identification of the fruit of the Spirit, testifying of the presence of the grown tree of life within the spirit of a person. A wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness in it breaks the spirit. Proverbs 15.4 A component of the fruit of the spirit, the quality of gentleness with which we a person disciplines his mouth, with the truth that is concealed within his heart, is testimony that he is clothed into the mantle of a student of Christ, which gives him the ability to learn from Christ, to resist the words that come from his personal flesh, so that, so that he can benefit then and open his mouth to confess the truth. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Matthew 11:28-30. I will remind us that a yoke of Christ is God's will. This is God's good will. That's how it says, it says it directly, that we... Learn what is the good will of God, the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. It is not necessary to separate these three. These are three functions of God's will. But you can't have a perfect will without the good or acceptable. Also, the good, if it's not acceptable or perfect, it is no longer good. 
These are just functions of this will. And Jesus said that it is good because it is the great destiny in this will. In this will, is we are the children of God and that we inherit all that Christ will inherit. That's the yoke. And so it is good. For my yoke is good and my burden is light. And we find rest for our souls when we accept this promise into our heart, this truth into our heart, and to examine ourselves on the presence of a gentle heart which makes itself known in a gentle mouth, disciplined by our trust in God and upon His Word, and waiting for the coming salvation of our soul and our body, we turn to the phrase by which we need to differentiate gentleness from non-discipline and wisdom from foolishness. Because non-discipline is foolishness. And how do we do this? This is by our ability to make our requests known to God in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving upon the condition that the essence of this request is disciplined by the bridle of gentleness, which demonstrates itself in the desires of God and our, not our own desires. desires. Uh, the desire of God identified as the will of God. This is a format of such praise where we are obeying our faith to the faith of God, count ourselves dead to sin and living for God, proclaim the not-existent stronghold of incorruption in our physical body as existent. We meditate about this and proclaim this. It is specifically by the presence of a thankful heart that with thanksgiving opens its desires and prayer to fulfill the will of God is how we determine that we have in ourselves the existence of the fruit of gentleness because we are able to draw the favor of God upon ourselves only in the instant that we present our body a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to God which gives God the basis to show and confirm for us his salvation whoever offers praise glorifies me and to him who orders his conduct aright I will show the salvation of God Psalm 50 23 any prayer is called to be an offering. In Scripture, a prayer is called an offering. David says this. He speaks of his prayers as offerings, as evening sacrifice. And so to offer praise, our songs need to be offerings upon an altar that we bring. When we sing, we need to meditate about what we sing about and see ourselves in those things because the songs that we sing these are also forms of prayer where we state who God is for us, what he's done for us what we need to do how to calm ourselves with the things God has done for us when it comes to God showing us his favor and his salvation as a response to the offered by a sacrifice of praise means to become for us the guarantor of the salvation of our soul and our body. Therefore, it is necessary for us to remember the criteria that identifies the essence and status of legitimate praise in Scripture called to be a sign of brotherly love, which comes from our godliness. The purpose that a fitting form of praise is called to fulfill in demonstrating the power of brotherly love in our faith. Why fitting form? Because a fitting form of praise is only coming from a righteous person. It is good for the righteous to praise. Third, the condition that elevate our praise to a status of legitimacy by which we can judge that we are demonstrating brotherly love in our faith. And we already looked at these first three questions and have been studying question four. By what signs do we judge that we praise that the praise that we bring to God is present in the atmosphere of brotherly love which passes us from death to life? In a specific format, we already looked 
at the first sign. We looked at the first sign, which consists of 10 components by which we need to determine the essence of a fitting form of praise, which comes from a righteous heart within the atmosphere of brotherly love. Therefore, we will, we will immediately begin studying the second question. I shall remind us of the first one and that it is turning to the Almighty uh, in building ourselves into a spiritual house and a holy priesthood. And the second component of the sign by which we can determine the essence of a fitting form of praise that comes from our heart within the atmosphere of brotherly love is by the peace of the, of the heart, the presence of which can be determined by being acquainted with God by receiving His instruction uh, from the mouth of His messengers. How do I know that I'm acquaint, acquainted with God? by receiving the instruction from the mouth of his messengers. Job 22, 21-22. Uh, now, acquaint yourself with him and be at peace. Thereby good will come to you. Receive please instruction from his mouth and lay up his words in your heart. We can't receive the law directly from the lips of God because he made his son, his lips, and also his apostles, passing to them that same mandate. The phrase, receive, please, instruction from his mouth and lay up his words in your heart indicates the obedience of our faith to the faith of God, spoken by the person that is placed by God, giving us the power to the right to become acquainted with God so that we can be clothed into the power of his rest or his peace, by which good will then come to us from God. It is specifically the obedience of our faith to the faith of God that provides the Holy Spirit the grounds that He needs to conceal us in Jesus Christ, in whom we receive the right to become acquainted with God so that we can worship God in spirit and in truth and be His nation and God be our God. Their noble shall be from among them and their governor, and so the, the noble shall come from among them and the governor shall come from their midst. Then I will cause him to draw near, says the Lord. He shall approach me, for who is this one who pledges his heart to approach me, says the Lord. You shall be my people, and I will be your God. Jeremiah 30, 21, 22. Upon the condition, condition as Moses said, that you acknowledge this uh, governor, as this governor has said, as the Lord has sent me, I send you, and, and stop electing for yourself and start saying, Lord, reveal to me the person whom you have sent. And so these are the people that are often uh, separated or in some way are uh, uniquely identifiable within a church, but they are often afraid of them. And so those that they elect are not people who understand the truth. It's above their ability to comprehend and so those who listen to them uh, those who are seeking uh, the truth they are not bound by religious uh, things and are not and they know they shouldn't be listening to certain things uh, as they place rules like should you wear a tie a tie or not whether you wear a, uh, any kind of head decor or not some uh, were, I remember they used, there was a church who decided you can't wear hats because this is the imitation of the world. And so they would um, determine that other things can be worn, others can't be. And so I brought forth examples of, of things that they did approve that even wicked people would wear. And so 
And so these are certain things, obviously, that those who are seeking God uh, sincerely will know that they are not to be followed. Their nobles shall be from among them, and their governor shall come from their midst. Indicates the nation from whose midst the noble of this nation will come, and its governor. This symbolizes the body of Christ in the form of the chosen by God remnant, Jesus himself. But Jesus himself doesn't just appear. He came uh, within, the, from, within the body. Why did Abraham seek not Christ, but the city whose builder is the Lord? Because he in the city was able to find Christ. When the most beautiful of women, she turned to her beloved one with a request that she f- lost him from her sight and she doesn't even know where he is. And she says, where are you? Uh, where are you that I can't find you? And so he said, if you want to know where I, uh, where I am so you can meet with me, follow in the footsteps of the sheep and uh, be in the midst of, the, of my shepherds. And so I am within, he's saying, I am amongst the sheep. Following the footsteps of the sheep, I am amongst the sheep. How do you determine they are sheep? Or if it is a a a group of pigs, if the one that that's at the head, uh, if he's voted for, this uh, leader will be going behind the flock and will be beating them so that they keep going. That's what they do in nature, as you know, in nature. Uh, but the shepherd, he always walks ahead of the of the flock uh, with his staff and the sheep follow him alone because sheep are a they have this ability the quality uh, of following they need someone to lead them and they trust the one leading they differentiate his voice from tens of thousands of others and will not follow another uh, my brother our brother Andre was was telling me I, I used to work to to deliver breads and and I also uh, and he used to also work with sheep at one point and so when he uh, tried to uh, bring bread there were leftover breads and things he wanted to feed the sheep with but they uh, refused to take it from him because the sheep didn't trust him they don't know him they will only take it from their own shepherd who they do know and so why people do people today take bread from any hand and not even shepherds, just anyone passing by who three days fasted and cleansed himself in some kind of encounter and then comes this uh, drug addict who became clean now starts preaching how you need to sanctify yourself and all open their mouth and listen to it, uh, uh, what kind of revelations he has. And so that is why we need to understand that this is the body of Christ and only in the body of Christ are we able to uh, differentiate the person who is supposed to be this governor. If we searching have found the narrow gate in the form of the good wife where God finds his rest, and in this way have ourselves obtained rest, then this means that praise that we offer to God is present within the atmosphere of brotherly love which moves us from death to life. Third sign by which we can determine the essence of a fitting form of praise that comes from our heart within the atmosphere of brotherly love is called to be examined by the pour-out of the Holy Spirit, and in result of such a pour-out, justice will dwell in our wilderness, and righteousness remains in the fruitful field. And so during the time of sanctification, here, of course, we uh, will read this 
parable, as it were, Isaiah 32, 15 through 18, until the Spirit is poured upon us from on high and the wilderness becomes a fruitful field and the fruitful field is counted as a forest, then justice will dwell in the wilderness and righteousness remain in the fruitful field. The work of righteousness will be peace and the effect of righteousness, quietness and assurance forever. My people will dwell in a peaceful habitation, in secure dwellings and in a quiet resting place. Isaiah 32, 15 through 18. What an incredible and deep promise. It is presented in a in a in an allegoric way. The symbol of the pour out of the Holy Spirit upon the wilderness of our fruitful field is not the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but rather our imperishable inheritance, which is called to be opened to us in the last times in the wilderness of our sanctification. By obeying our faith to the faith of God spoken by the mouth of his messengers. Uh, therefore, the wilderness of sanctification that will become a fruitful field is the soil of our heart, which is called during sanctification to bear the fruits of the Spirit and the format of justice to become a fruitful field. As Artisers, he he had made a made a banquet, and uh, Queen Ashti she also prepared a banquet, but uh, but it was within the temple, and and she, she had only. Uh, female guests as the king himself Artisers <clears throat> he uh, he had everyone come to his banquet and today you see these ser- uh, services where they just have women or just men uh, that attend and you see that they preach just the one or the other And so when we come to church, I would like it that women actually appear as a woman and not... If you would like to wear pants, please wear them elsewhere. Of course, if your legs hurt or you're not singing or you or you're you're having a certain situations, you can you can come uh, in pants. Uh, and so pants are, first of all, uh, uh, women's uh, clothing. This was started by women. Later on, it was applied to men. And so the wilderness, the wilderness of our total sanctification is the hunger to know God in revelations of His commandments and His promises, which are a reward for, for fulfilling these commandments. And so the promise is for fulfilling God's commandments. According to the given place of Scripture, the sign the symbol of the pour-out of the Holy Spirit upon the wilderness of our spirit consists of six components. Our wilderness will become a fruitful field. The fruitful field will not be counted as a forest. Justice will dwell in our wilderness. Righteousness remains in the fruitful field. The work of righteousness in us will be peace. The The effect of righteousness, quietness, and assurance forever. And so it's the first component of the sign by which we need to determine the essence of a fitting form of praise which comes from our heart within the atmosphere of brotherly love is by the wilderness of our spirit which is called to make 
us a fruitful field that produces the fruit of righteousness. First, the symbol of the wilderness in our heart, in the form of our complete sanctification, pursues the goal of our complete dedication for God's service. Second, the symbol of the wilderness is our thirst to know God by receiving His promises, which will be a reward for fulfilling His commandments. In his time, Jesus, identifying all the commandments of his heavenly Father, united them into the format and virtue of one commandment, which he called eternal life, which indicates the fact that every word of God that comes out of his mouth in the format of his commandments contains eternal life. Upon the condition that the fulfillment of this commandment is called to quench the existing in our heart thirst for God, thirst to know Him in the revelations that are contained in these commandments. Then Jesus cried out and said, He who believes in me, believes not in me, but in Him who sent me. And he who sees me, sees Him who sent me. I have come as a light into the world, that whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. And if anyone hears my words and does not believe, I do not judge him. For I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. He who rejects me and does not receive my words has that which judges him. The word that I have spoken will judge him in the last day. For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me gave me a command what I should say and what I should speak, and I know that His command is everlasting life. Therefore, whatever I speak, just as the Father has told me, so I speak. John 12:44-50. And so the commandment that I speak is everlasting life. And the harshest form of punishment will be for those who have the anointing to be waters, but present this truth as a revelation that they receive as the planter, claiming in this way the revelation of the word that is taken from the planter and impersonating themselves as fathers of churches. Therefore, if the wilderness of our heart has become a fruitful field bearing the fruit of righteousness, demonstrated in the humble acceptance of the word of the Lord, spoken by the lips of his messengers, then this means that the praise that we offer to God is present within the atmosphere of brotherly love which passes us from death to life. Second component of the sign by which we can determine the essence of a fitting form of praise coming from our heart within the atmosphere of brotherly love is that we will not consider the fruitful field as a forest when the Holy Spirit is poured out upon us. We will not consider the fruitful field as a forest. The difference between a fruitful field and a forest consists in the fact that a fruitful field are fruit trees that are planted by a gardener, which uh, he fertilizes and waters so that he can get fruit. At the same time, a forest are forest trees that can have fruit trees, but they're in a forest that are watered by the rains of heaven, and the owner of these is God. We can conclude that to consider a fruitful field a forest is refusing the need to collaborate your faith with the faith of God, which upon practice means to refuse to do your responsibility and your role in the covenant of peace with God, trusting that taking part in the unsearchable and and imperishable inheritance that is contained in the covenant of peace with God is not the fruit of a mutual effort of God and man that is contained in the covenant of peace with God, that is, if does not require from our side a price, then this and root is contradictory to the spirit of the covenant, where a person fulfilling his role provides God with legitimate grounds to fulfill his part of the covenant. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven is, suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. And so you don't need to 
uh, put forth any effort uh, in the forest. You can go and you can gather uh, maybe f uh, berries or fruits, but you never worked in this forest. The rains watered this forest, but in a garden or a fruitful field, you, in your Eden, in your heart, you do a, a, a great work. You have denied your nation, the house of your father, and your corrupt desires. You have uh, subjected your heart, submitted your heart, your mind, your lips to the truth that is contained contained in your heart, and this is a great work. And so in this way, to not count your fruitful field a forest is to collaborate your faith with the faith of God that is concealed within your heart. We conclude that if we collaborate our faith with the faith of God, then the, this means that the praise that we offer to God is present within the atmosphere of brotherly love which passes us from death to life. The third component of the sign by which we can determine the essence of a fitting form of praise coming from our heart within the atmosphere of brotherly love is that justice will dwell in the wilderness of our sanctification when the Holy Spirit is poured out upon us. The dwelling of the justice of God in the wilderness of our heart consisting of thirst to know God is our ability to glory about understanding and knowing God, that He is Lord who exercises loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness on earth. Thus says the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, let not the mighty man glory in his might, nor let the rich man glory in his riches, but let him who glories glory in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord, exercising loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness on earth, for in these I delight, says the Lord. Jeremiah 9, 23-24 <clears throat> And so, when a person glories in the Lord and not what God has given him, when he does not glory in the gifts that he has from God, when he does not glory in the wisdom that he has received from God, that strength that he may receive from God, to the power to be able to uh, stand upon all works of the devil, but when he glories in the Lord, because he received all of this from the Lord. It's very important. Look at today's preachers. They are glorying in what God has done through them. They are constantly saying what they what they do. Their works are not behind them, but ahead of them. And when they're ahead of them, their deeds, then they are going in the wrong direction toward perishing. It's not important that God healed people through them or that they re rebuked demons. If these deeds are ahead of them, they are uh, glorying in these deeds, these works. And these are the things you glory in. That means you worship these things. This is what you trust in. It's very dangerous to trust in anointing gifts of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit. Think of, of yourself something more than understand that God has given you all those things. Why do I say this? Because I don't have that. I only glory in the Lord. I have enough humility to understand that everything that I have, it came from the Lord. And I don't, it didn't come from me it's because I've humbled myself before the strong arm of God. I would like you to understand that and you become that way also. That you imitate Christ as I imitate Christ. So that you not glory in the things you have. Some of you truly have some great gifts, some great 
abilities of the mind, abilities maybe logically and in other ways to pass on, but not everyone has that. But all of you have that you could put the truth into your heart. Although you may not be able to fully explain it, it's not as important. That means you need to be a light and not a bell. And so someone will say, well, I understand it, but I can't give it out. That means you are a light, but not a bell. But one who is a light can also be a bell depending on the ability. And so you, and so God gives you the ability to speak and some not. And so I, as Moses, when I speak, I uh, I speak in the way that I do. And so I, some people say, well, can you speak simpler? But I can't because I have only, I don't have another anointing. Any apostle that has the seed, he speaks. Was it easy to understand Apostle Paul when you read his books? Look at what Apostle Peter wrote about Paul. He speaks what is not uh, comfortably fitting, as it were, uh, for whom, what people, for those that are to perish. They, they had a very hard time understanding him. And so if we glory about understanding and knowing God, that he is a Lord who exercises loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness on earth, this means that praise that we offer to God is present in brotherly love, which moves us from death to life. Fourth component of the sign by which we can determine the essence of a fitting form of praise coming from our heart within the atmosphere of brotherly love is that righteousness will remain in our fruitful field when the Holy Spirit is poured out upon us. And so our fruitful field will begin to bear fruit. Righteousness remaining in our fruitful field indicates the fact that during the pour out of the Holy Spirit upon us as the Lord and Master of our life, we, being inspired by His wisdom, will receive the ability to bear to God the fruit of righteousness. The purpose of the fruit of righteousness identifying the wisdom of the Holy Spirit in offering a fitting form of praise to God consists in hating evil and loving good. And these are not emotions. This is not an emotional love and and hatred. But this is the decision and discipline to hate one and love the other. To hate evil and love good. Hate evil, love good, establish justice in the gate. Gate are your lips so that your lips would establish justice. <clears throat> so that uh, your uh, scales and weights would be uh, God's, would be just. It may be that the Lord God of hosts will be gracious to the remnant of Joseph. Amos 5.15 See the, Seeing the perversion amongst the nation, <clears throat> Amos, prophet Amos, this is the father of prophet Isaiah. Hmm. He said, maybe the Lord will be gracious to the remnant of Joseph if we will hate evil and love good. And so our gates where we are supposed to establish justice are our lips called to proclaim the faith of God that abides within our heart in the format of justice where we are called to proclaim 
love for those that are carriers of justice and hate those that are carriers of lawlessness who rob with violence. <clears throat> for I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery for burnt offering. I will direct their work in truth and will make with them an everlasting covenant. Their descendants shall be known among the Gentiles <clears throat> and their offering among the people. All who see them shall acknowledge them that they are the posterity whom the Lord has blessed. Isaiah 61, 8, 9. Mercy and truth that are before God's face are obliged to His justice and righteousness, which are the foundation of His throne from the position of which God performs His justice. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Mercy and truth go before your face. Psalm 89, 14. The throne of God in the temple of our body is righteousness and justice, the truth that we have concealed, it identifies righteousness and justice. And this righteousness and justice, they go ahead of... And so when it talks about uh, mercy and truth, they go ahead of righteousness and justice. And so truth and mercy, again, they go first and then righteousness and justice follow and so they follow mercy and truth righteousness and justice follows mercy and truth what does this mean this means that before judging according to righteousness we need to first show mercy and truth in our relationship and brotherly love people say well, did I do the wrong thing? This is what it's written. This is what I did. This is how I behaved. This is, I corrected in this way. But who gave you the right to correct? Who gave you the right to correct the other this other person? Correction can be a husband to the wife, a pastor of the church, uh, parents to the children. Correction can be an episcopal, these are our leaders, our group leaders. <clears throat> and in Scripture, they're called Episcopals who help, they help uh, tend the flocks. They can say this is wrong or this is right, according to Scripture. All the rest need to be humble and wait and pray that God show uh, their righteousness because sometimes it may not be clear. Sometimes we want that <clears throat> want others to see that this is not what we intended but let God sometimes do that for you <clears throat> and so the throne of righteousness and justice needs to be our heart upon the condition that we paid the price that is fulfilling specific conditions that allow God to pour out his wisdom in the Holy Spirit so that we can receive the ability to perform righteousness and justice <clears throat> <clears throat> And so, my son, if you receive my words, and so the words are passed on from the father to the son, if that doesn't, if that's not happening, then uh, there's a problem. And I thank God that this is what we do have within our service. In the beginning, I didn't believe this. <clears throat> when God called me, I had this understanding that God will not call me to tend his flocks. <clears throat> because it's not possible <clears throat> to tend the 
tend the flocks because I saw more within the church, not sheep, but pigs. They don't chew the word. They don't meditate about the word. They just uh, yell that they're baptized by the Holy Spirit. Uh, but the fact that they don't chew the word, they don't, they don't study it. They don't pay attention to the fact that they're not sheep, but pigs. And so I thought that it can't possibly work. And they tried to keep uh, put it, telling me to become the pastor. And, I, and they asked me, how do you want it? I told them, I don't want it in any way. Uh, you have the anointing to be a pastor, they kept telling me. And I told them, do not elect, for, don't vote for me, nothing. I didn't, and they always complained about this. And finally, they came to the conclusion, and they decided to cast a lot. And when they casted the lot, you know the story. I told myself, in myself, said to myself, Lord, according to your lot, you hadn't elected anyone before in this way. How, why do we cast a lot if the Holy Spirit is here? Matthew was, uh, and, and those at the time, there was a lot that was cast, but but you reveal, he revealed in me that, son, there is no Holy Spirit in them, and you know that. I put it in the heart of that, I, I put it in the heart of this person who has initiated, initiated this, and I, with his hands, have put you. And that's when I accepted that, with a lot of fear. I still continue to think, and and true, there were, everyone came with their own revelations, and we have this, and we have this, and everyone was, how much time uh, passed by before it finally became quiet. Uh, thousands and th- thousands have passed through the church and then abandoned the church, uh, speaking all kinds of terrible things against it. But we remain in our place, and we can finally be in this bliss because God reveals this truth uh, for us together, not for me, myself, but for all of us together. And that's why, my son, if you receive my words, if you acknowledge over yourself the authority of God, the messenger of God, you will not uh, vote a teacher in, but you will receive or accept the one I have given you. If you receive my words and treasure my commands within you so that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding, you will be an animal that does chew its food. Yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding, if you seek her silver and search for her as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Knowledge of God is in getting to know Him. For the Lord gives wisdom from His mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk uprightly. He guards the path of justice and preserves the way of his saints. Then you will understand righteousness and justice, equity, and every good path. Proverbs 2, 1 through 9. If we hate evil and carriers of evil and love good and carriers of good, then this means that the praise that we offer to God is present in the atmosphere of brotherly love, which passes us from death to life. Fifth component of the sign by which we can determine the essence of a fitting form of praise coming from our heart within the atmosphere of brotherly love is that the work of our righteousness will be peace, clothing our heart when the uh, a peace that will be clothing our heart when the Holy Spirit is poured out upon us. The work of righteousness that performs peace in our heart is the result of righteousness that abides in our heart in the format of the righteousness of faith that gives us the proper basis to clothe 
gives God the proper basis that he needs to clothe us into the virtue of his immovable peace. If we have this inheritance of peace that because of God's grace has been enthroned by the righteousness of our faith, then this means that the praise that we offer to God is present in the atmosphere of brotherly love. Sixth component of the sign by which we can determine that the essence of a fitting form of praise coming from our heart within the atmosphere of brotherly love is that the effect of righteousness, quietness, and assurance forever when the Holy Spirit is poured out upon us. Quietness in Hebrew is peace, calmness, comfort, peacefulness. Assurance forever is firmness, strength, sturdiness, confidence, convincing, immovability, stability, and reliability. The Lord of hosts has sworn, saying, Surely as I have thought, so it shall come to pass, and as I have purposed, so it shall stand, that I will break the Assyrians in my land, and on my mountains tread him underfoot. Assyrians is a symbol of our carnal mind. This is the anointed by God Saul. People can't understand one thing, that God anoints the mind of the carnal man. God anoints the kings of the earth. Look how Elisha cried when he anointed the Gentile king over the Assyrians. And he said, Lord, why do you cry? Because I see how you're going to kill the Israelite women. Uh, you see how Apostle Paul uh, reacted toward Neron. He said, you need to obey the authority placed. You don't need to love him. You don't need to love Biden. But you need to obey the law if this law is not contradicting Scripture. We need to love God. It doesn't say we need to love these kings. It's written that we need to love God and each other. That's what it says. He swore, saying, Surely as I have thought, so shall come to pass, that I will break the Syrians in my land, and on my mountains tread him underfoot. Mountains are God's promises, and upon these promises, God will break our carnal mind. But God won't himself break it. He will, with uh, by treading with our feet, under our, our feet, we'll make that decision. Our lips will become God's feet that will trample upon our carnal and prideful mind. Then his yoke shall be removed from them and his burden removed from their shoulders. This burden of our intellect will be removed from our shoulders. This is the purpose that is purposed against the whole earth, and this is the hand that is stretched out over all nations, for the Lord of hosts has purposed, and who will annul it? This hand is stretched out, and who will turn it before, or turn it back? Then this is the burden which came to the year, in the year of King Ahaz, in the, king, in the year that King Ahaz died. Do not rejoice, all you of Philistia, because the rod that struck you is broken, for out of the serpent's roots will come forth a viper, and its offspring will be a fiery flying serpent. The firstborn of the poor will feed, and the needy will lie down in safety. I will kill your roots with famine, and it will slay your remnant. While wail, O gate, cry, O city, all you Philistia are dissolved, for smoke shall come from the north. 
and no one will be alone in his appointed times. And so the Philistia land is the uncircumcised land. This is that sweet Philistia is Palestine. The word Pal- uh, Philistia is uh, the Philistines, Philistia. These are the Palestinian uh, lands. This is where the Canaanites lived. This is where the Philistines lived. And it was called both the Canaanite land or the Phil- uh, lands of the Philistines. And so it shall fall apart. God will dissolve it. God will destroy the stronghold of death in our body. That's what it means. For smoke will come forth from the north and no one will be alone in his appointed times. What will they answer the messengers of the nation that the Lord has founded Zion and the poor of his people shall take refuge in it? And so poor of his people shall take refuge that are those that are poor in spirit. Isaiah 14, 24-32 In this Zion, God will destroy the stronghold of death in our bodies and erect the stronghold of life. He will trample the Syrians upon our mountains, the promises we've received in the Philistine land, the uncircumcised land, it shall become the nation of Israel, and it will no longer be called the land of the Philistines or Palestine. It shall be called the land of Israel. If all of these components that we have been studying are within our heart, by having the Holy Spirit being poured out upon us, then this means that our prayer corresponds to the demands of the praise that is within the atmosphere of atmosphere of brotherly love. So let us now pray and thank God for the word that we were able to receive today. This is your day and hour where you can come to the Lord and if you have some kind of fear that scares you because of illness, untimely death, poverty, the changes in the political system, lusts and ambitions that continue to choke you, you will rise above your lusts and your ambitions, your passions. God is for you. He's not against you. You will know this at one point when God will trample upon your mountains your carnal mind because you accept the promises and you will know the sweetness of peace and quiet. Even today, you can accept that into your heart. And so we wait for you here upon this place.
I am going to be praying your prayer and I ask you to deeply believe that the Lord is on your side. He's not against you. He continues to love you and regardless of the fact that you fall, that you sin, but because you hate sin and you want to be freed from it, He stretches His hand to you and He's ready to destroy the stronghold of death in your body to deliver you from the power of your corrupt mind to deliver you from your emotions close your eyes this is your secret room lift your hands to God this is a sign that your hands are without wrath or doubt pray together with me Heavenly Father in the name of Jesus Christ I come to you I open up my heart you see my pain that is inflicted by sin I hate sin I hate lusts and passions may they be destroyed and may they be trampled upon upon the mountains of your promises I accept your promises for my body for the adoption of my body by the redemption of Christ I accept the promise about the renewal of my mind by the mind of Christ may the carnal mind be trampled upon may the stronghold of death be destroyed and may the stronghold of life be erected within my body according to your words that I have put into my heart I thank you for this promise for this forgiveness for the blotting out of sins before your face right now before heaven and hell I want to proclaim that in accordance to your words I am washed I am cleansed I am healed I am restored I am justified and I am saved your sins are forgiven and your trespasses in the name of Jesus Christ may the Lord bless you may he look upon you with his great face and show you mercy and give you peace may thousands and ten thousands attempt to come near you but they won't touch you may upon you the blessings of the ancient mountains everlasting hills be on you may this be upon you and your children and be fulfilled upon you and the nation shall say Amen May the Lord keep these words within your heart. May He confirm this in our heart and may He make our heart immovable. May He make our heart trusting in His word amongst the many storms of our inner lusts and passions as well as storms of political disarray. Today the whole world is in fear of the approaching wars. Don't be afraid. There would not be a war that will destroy United States or any other country because God intends to take his uh, take his church from this earth. And so those politicians, if you watch TV, that they're saying, the mass media, then you need to listen to what Christ said. There will be rumors of wars. 
these rumors of war, they are more terrible, they're scarier than war itself. People are in fear. People are running from other countries to other countries. They're trying to escape. Some trying to run away from a chip that as if has been put into the vaccine and they're running from one country to another. Others are running away from it that everything here will be destroyed. But you don't need to run anywhere. You can be calm and be confident that the Lord will soon come. We are at the door of the start of the week of Daniel before our bodies will be renewed and we still will be here for some time to fulfill God's work and pass on then the two wings of the eagle to the unwise virgins. Let us proclaim our unchanging manifestation. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy, to God our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen.